So Carrie, so glad that we could be on the show together, that we can record and the trains in the background, hope everybody hears that. I hate this apartment for that, but I'm gonna keep it because I don't feel like moving. Um, <laughs> what is here today? <laughs> Been, it's been a it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Um, Carrie, we are here with uh, Lewis Morris. Did I say it right, Moros? It's Moros. Moros. And um, he was on the show with me. We all we all we there were like a hundred adults, and then we had Agent Elevens for every one of our our teams. Um, right. So I had Sade, which I hope to one day interview because she's amazing, and I'm sure Lewis can like agree to that. But. Um, he, Lewis is, Moros is also like just an amazing human being. And I'm so excited. He's here in Washington, DC. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he and I have talked about doing like Instagram live or whatever, but I'm super excited to have him here on, on our podcast. Cause I feel like he kind of fits our, our mold, what we're, our, our goals are. So I, you know, in traditional Malu project history, like, I've told you like very little about him except for his profile. So I'd love for you to kick it off on what questions you have. I've done the same thing to you with yeah. the people I've brought on. So it's just fair game. So I'm gonna start with so awesome to finally meet you. Yes. And what is an agent 11? Awesome. So basically agent 11 are those people that have experienced the social issues on the show. So for example, I represent team hunger and I personally went through homelessness and hunger for two years. So we are there to basically tell our story and tell our team, I went through these obstacles and this is the way that we see it. Uh, and then we determine the solution that we want to get for that team. Uh, and I, 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 same thing happened with Shade. Uh, she went through cancer and Jen, it's part of the team cancer. And um, as she was going through that process, that's why she was on the show. So she can tell her own team, this is my story. This is my experience. I have lived this. It's not that they told me about cancer. I know what cancer is because I went through it. And, um, and Chris Lavoie did a really good job of choosing humans and young humans that really experienced it in the worst way. Like, I, I mean, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what you went through with hunger, but like Sade, I mean, she had a cancer that was undiagnosable. She was 17. And it's something that was only for 40 to 50 year old women experience. So they didn't even know that that's what we've been looking at for her. Yeah. I mean, she's an amazing human as are you Lewis, obviously. So yeah. I don't know if you want to share any of that. I, we don't want to like, we don't want to infringe on the show, but also like kind of want to hint at just how amazing your story is. Yeah, yes. About so. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can go go for it and tell my story. So I came here in 2016 um, to the United States from Venezuela. Um, I came here when I was 14 years old, no English at all. Um, my mom came here with a hundred dollar bill. That's it, not money. Um, yeah, so it was really, really challenging to, to came here, to come here to the U.S., but she did it. Um, and then when I came here, we uh, stayed in one of her best friend's house, but of course, uh, we were there for six months, four months actually, and I mean, we, we couldn't afford rent. So my mom had to leave her best friend's house and we were like, we don't have any money uh, because my mom was not able to work. So that's how I was able to experience homeless and being hunger uh, for two years in my life, um, in my immigrant story. But I, I, I'm really, really grateful right now that I went through those obstacles because it, it really uh, made me... Uh, 
be grateful about everything that I have in my life right now, uh, to take priorities, to know my priorities, like spend time with my family, with my mom, um, know the value of money. So before going out and getting a water bottle, knowing about that I'm spending $3, that those $3 can be easily a meal. Um, so um, that's what I learned from my experience. And I wouldn't be where I am without going through that. So I'm really grateful with, with God. And it doesn't matter who you believe with, but um, I'm so grateful with life that they provided me with these obstacles because it really defined who I am. Um, I think and, that's and, yeah. I mean, yeah, Luis, I mean, and, and that plays into a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is, you know, like, yes, we all face obstacles, like they suck. We don't necessarily want to face them, but that we become stronger because of them. And, and we, we, we really enjoy and, and appreciate them at the end. Like, yes, I don't want to go through the obstacles I'm going through right now, but it's a learning point. Like I can, I'll grow. Yeah. And, and also because at that moment, I didn't have anything to lose because I lost everything. Like I don't see my father in five years. I, I left my family, like my whole family is in Venezuela. I'm here with my mom. That's my only family. Um, so it's like, if I already don't have the most important thing in my life, which is my family, what else am I going to be able to lose? Like what I have, it's just my passion, my determination and go for it. So that really motivated me to not have anything and to just tell myself, I have to keep forward. I have to keep working. It doesn't matter the obstacles. I just have to keep pushing. And I knew since the moment that I came to the States that I did have to to do twice, three times, 10 times the effort of a person that is living here, of a person that was born here. Um, because yes, it's the line of opportunities, but you have to look for the opportunities. Uh, you have to work for them. Isn't that interesting, Carrie? You see like the so, parallels? Yes, parallels. Oh yes, Luis. So those goals that you've been working towards, what are some things that you've been able to use what you've learned from, from your past to achieve in the last few years? So, yeah, so my goals since I came here, that's what you, what you meant? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so since I came here, I have been working in civic education and immigration. That's my main, main topic. Um, because like I said, I am, the, I am the one who witnessed what it is to be an immigrant. And I, I, I really say that being an immigrant is like, like once you, you're born, you reborn yourself. You're born one more time. Like it's like another story of your life. Like it's another life uh, that you have to start from the beginning. Um, and that really, I really saw that from my mother. Um, she used to be, uh, she used to study medicine in Venezuela, but she was not the doctor that I knew when she got here. She was not me here because there is no title. She lost her title because she cannot be a doctor here. Yes, she can. She can like validate her degree. She can restudy and go from it, but she has to do everything from scratch. So that's what I learned as an immigrant, that you had to do everything from scratch. Thank God I was only 14. Go for it. Yeah, stop me if you have any questions, because if not, I'll be talking for days. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, Carrie, I'm sure you can have like, a, I mean, you have experiences too with your sister and, and her husband, like, as a doctor coming in from another country, you know, like it, it's, and I, I feel that, I feel that I see that. And I would love to hear Carrie's perspective too, as well as yours and how much they align of like how we treat immigrants and from anywhere. And it's, and it's my, obviously my perception is from being, you know, I would say I'm, I'm adjacent with my, my family relation to it. 
But I look at somebody who's intelligent and as educated and as amazing as my brother-in-law, and then I watch people kind of weigh him based on his appearance and his accent. Yeah. I'm wondering, well, did you go to school here? Does that matter? <laughs> he's a brilliant. I mean, He's a brilliant doctor. So I, I get it from that perspective of watching the different ways that he has to carry himself and behave depending on where he is and how he almost feels like he has to qualify himself, whereas he shouldn't. He should be able to walk in the room as, you know, doctor. Oh my gosh. And that, I mean, that like really translates to girls, right? Like I have to, and I was just talking to the PAO of Alaska the, yesterday about like, you know, I walk into a room, like I, there's some people that get it when I have like my patches on, but there's other people who don't not understand my patches and they just want to grill me. Like they think that I, I'm not who I am. And it's fun. I, I hate wasting time, like having to validate myself. I'm like, no, really. Like we hate wasting time. We have to validate. We have to <laughs> our qualifiers because we look different than the norm or our background is different than the norm. We look at everything behind me. And that's, that's a beautiful thing, right? Like it's just because we look different. It's just because we look different. It doesn't have to do with like gender. It doesn't have to do with race. It doesn't have to do with anything. It's like, like Lewis is talking about, and I'd love to hear more of like, you just speak differently and you have to, you, you probably have to validate more than like the normal Christian white man and from the United States. Maybe. Yeah. And, and it also goes with the, with that stereotype of, of, of who you are. Cause people see me right now in a suit and people will never think that I went through homelessness and I went through hunger. And even on the show, uh, yeah. I was filming the show and people, it was hard for some people to believe my story. Um, but you can wear a suit, a blazer that is $50 out there. And it doesn't mean that you're rich. It means that you have the passion to go for it and keep pushing and working hard for it. But it doesn't mean that your life is it's already set up because you, you're rich and that's not true. Um, and you see a lot of people that are just wearing a black shirt and they're multimillionaires. Um, but it, it all depends about the way you react to things and the way you react to the obstacles that you have in life. So, yeah. That is beautiful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are some goals you have set for yourself now? Now, impact people with my story. I want to make an impact in the world uh, with my story. I think the most important thing about yourself it's your story. It's the only thing that you have. Money will go away. Power will go away sometimes. And the only thing that you have with yourself, that it's your own thing, it's your story. And that's what I have to share with other people. So that's my goal right now. Now in Washington, D.C., advocating for civic education, advocating for immigrants, and advocating for the power of storytelling, the power of networking, the power of sharing your story. Um, it's not about reading books. It's not about uh, graduating Harvard or Stanford or an Ivy League. It's about knowing how to connect to other people. That's the most important skill that you should have. And I think that's powerful even, like, I mean, especially now, it's connecting with other people. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what's great about here in D.C. Which, Carrie, where, when are you coming out? I need to hurry up and get out there. <laughs> yes, I have never been in California, fun fact. Well, never left. It's, it's beautiful. It's incredibly diverse because if you, what you see in Northern California, you won't find in Central, you won't find in the Valley, you won't find in the South. And I'm in Antelope Valley. I'm in the desert. I'm just West of the Mojave Desert. So I think of when I told my family is moving to California, they pictured Los Angeles. 
you know, someone pictured San Francisco and then my parents came to visit me and they're looking around like, oh, this isn't so much different from Idaho. It's a desert and a bunch of Joshua trees and it's 106 degrees out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not here for the landscape. I'm here for the opportunity, you know, so that's awesome. I followed an opportunity to work in a job that I dreamed of as a kid. And it took me till I was 44 years old, I guess, to get the guts to try. Yeah, and you always have to work for, for what you want in life. It's not about dreaming because a lot of people talk about the American dream. So mm -hmm. people, people pretend that that's going to happen with just one day. You have to work for it. You have to stop dreaming about it. I stopped dreaming about my American dream. I want to live a life that is a dream for others. Um, that when I tell my life, people, it's like, oh, no, that's unbelievable. But that's my life. So that's what I want to do. I want to work for my dream instead of just keeping on and dreaming about it. So you have to work for it. You're doing it. You're here in DC. Yes. You're going to the university. Yes. Mm -hmm. I never thought about it. I never thought I was going to be able to be in DC. Um, it was my dream. I'm out here. Oh? I don't want to get him out here for something. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to at least see Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah, so um, never in my life. I, I, I dream about being here since I was back in my country. I was like, oh, no, I have to be uh, in the nation's capital of the United States. I have to be there. And now you see me here after four, five, six years. So yeah. what have you thought of it so far? It's amazing. Um, it's a really, uh, if you don't know how to handle your emotions and your feelings and the way you want to help people, it could be intimidating sometimes. Um, it could be really scary um, because it's a new world. It's completely different from Miami, from any other city in the States. Um, and, yeah, it really challenged you to be a better person, but you have to know how to, how to react to that. Yeah. I think I like that. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's what I love about DC. Like you, you meet all kinds of new people that are so involved and they're really, I mean, everybody's here to try and make a difference, whether it's for themselves or for their community or for you know the greater good like you know there's a ton of reasons to be here but i think everybody's trying to make a difference and it's really cool to get involved with all of them i'm glad you're and, here and that's the most that's the hardest thing about dc that everyone is trying to make an impact everyone has a lot of goals so why you have to be at the top why are you valuable to my company why are you worth it in the think tank, in the research center, in the office that you work with? Like, why you and not thousands of people that are going and willing to do the same that you're doing? So, okay, so you got into the Cato Institute, is that right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, I mean, that, that seems like a very exclusive thing. Um, and, yeah. And tell us how you like your college, like what, how did you get to where you are? Yeah, so basically, um, FIU, Florida International University, um, they have helped me to be where I am. Like, I wouldn't be who I am uh, academically, professionally without the support of a lot of people, professors, coaches, advisors, and they really helped me. Uh, we have our office, um, Florida International University in Washington, D.C. Uh, we have our office next to Georgetown Law, and um, that's what we do. It's like a research center. Uh, so we help people in Miami that are in our campuses to mm -hmm. come here to DC with our program that is called Hamilton Scholar. With that program, we fund uh, students, eight to 10 students every semester to come to DC and get an internship. 
um, and then make an impact in the nation's capital. Um, they can do an advocacy project, so they can work in a lot of issue areas, immigration, education, public health, um, I don't know, um, human trafficking, uh, the criminal system. There's a lot of things that they can work on. You decide your own topic and you have to find for connections that can support and that can advocate for your idea. So that's basically the reason why I got my internship in the Cato Institute. I'm the first um, FIU student to be interning in Cato in the history of the university. Wow. And I'm so excited to be working with them. Yeah. That's awesome. That is great. <laughs> how, can, how can people follow you and what you're doing? So yeah, basically I have, I'm really active on LinkedIn, not gonna lie. <laughs> um, you can find me at Luis Moros. Um, and then also on my Instagram, it's called the Luis Moros. And you put it right there and then you'll be able to find it. Make sure that's in our links. Carrie, what else are you thinking? What else do you want to ask? Like this is, I mean, it's an amazing opportunity. I love this. Right. There's, there's so many things to ask, but I don't want this to go into like an hour or two hours. Maybe we can chat again, Luis. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, I think of the people that my family has had the opportunity, the amazing opportunity to meet through my brother-in-law and these great groups of people. And my sister is part of a group called, it, it's a group in Idaho, out in the Boise area, a group of a di diaspora from Nigeria. And it's, you know, they try to help people that are starting out, moving to a new place, school there. What advice would you give to somebody that finds themselves in a place that's completely unfamiliar from where they came from and they want to get started trying to make their make their mark, trying to improve their life? Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, and I probably will get emotional, but um, I, I think um, it's about knowing your potential and, and knowing that you're worth it, uh, but also knowing your the reality that there, there is going to be obstacles. A lot of people do not like to, to admit and to confront the obstacles that they know that there's going to be obstacles, but they wanna prevent them from happening and they're going to happen. And I think it's, it's about, I'll tell that person that there's going to be obstacles and those obstacles are gonna be the ones who will define who they are in five, 10, 20 years. Um, so I, I think it's about that. I, it, it's about, um, moving it's about changing your mindset it's about believing in yourself in your own potential in your genius um it's about it's about doing that and it's about competition competing with others uh healthy not toxic competition but comp competing with yourself with your own potential with your talent you always want to be your best um but you have to become yourself and that's what i learned in the show you have to become yourself in that one percent that that company uh, it's looking for, that that group is looking for. So for example, for me, the show, uh, for example, Washington DC, it's the 99%, like they have everything. They have the power, they have the money, they have the people, but I have to be that 1% that they're looking for to actually fill the cup. And that's, that's the power of being an immigrant, that you're here to be that 1% of any company, of any group, of any, association, you have to be your 1%. And do not worry about being perfect because you will never be perfect. Um, just make some mistakes and learn from them, but just become yourself in the real leader that you should be. That is amazing. And I think that should speak to everybody that ever listens to our podcast. Like, yes, 
I hate that we play, like there's so many people who play the victim, like people aren't listening to me because I'm different. They're not, but like they, they will, if you show up, like if you speak up, if you just, if you know yourself well enough that you're willing to have that courage to say, Hey, listen, like, this is my experience. And it doesn't matter what this looks like. It's more about like what your experience is and what you brought to it. And I think that we mix up that diversity thing of like, hey, women need to be more involved with all this because we need a more diverse thing. But really, it's only because of our experiences being different. That's it, I think. I mean, it's not because I have different organs, it's just because I've had a different experience because of the way I look. And yeah. But I loved how you phrased that know your worth and show them be that 1% that they need to fill the cup. Yeah. That's perfect. Maybe sharing that with don't people. be like everybody else. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. I, I yeah. Oh, your word. That's gonna be that's what this yeah. should be. I, I mean, I tell my son whenever I can, like he when he gets upset about like not being part of a group or like they don't think he's part, you know, he's good enough or whatever. I'm like, you're the leader, like leader of your life, leader of like a group of people. You're just a leader. Just show up and lead and that's what everybody should do. They should show up and think that they're going to be the leader. I mean, sometimes we have to follow and leadership is followership. Like, Hey, listen, like that person's got the right idea. We got to get in line and do that. That's leadership also. Yeah. But also there's like those, you have to, but you have to be able to know in your heart, like when you have the best idea or when you are contributing the most and when somebody else is like, that's, that's really true leadership is being able to like concede and be like, yeah. That person's got the right idea. And, and I've and got the 1% idea, but it may not be the it may not be the best idea. And everyone is a leader. Um yes. and I think the the misconception about leadership, and that, that's why I kind of hate sometimes self-motivational books. Yeah. Uh, because they they um, <laughs> yeah, because they they um they emphasize that leadership is just like another level. Like it, it's impossible to achieve. Yes, and like, people. yeah, and then you're, you're leader every step of the way. You might be a different type of leader, uh, but even people that are not in the streets, they are leading other people. They are inspiring other people. People that I see in the streets, like they're homeless right now. There is a lot of here in Washington, D.C. They really inspire me. They really inspire me to, to be better. And they really, I see myself two years ago, three years ago. So uh, in other ways, they are leading me and they are inspiring me in so many ways. Have, um, you, have you gotten any chance to like <clears throat> in Washington, D.C.? Like I drive by them and I feel terrible. I want to talk to them, but at the same time, like. I talk to them. I, I really talk to them um, because I, I know what it is to be in poverty and I know the the obstacles and the mental health that you can uh, suffer when, when you're in poverty. Being, being in poverty, being poor, drives you crazy. It drives you crazy. Um, and I, that's why a lot of people that you see in the streets that they are, they're crazy. Like they talk by themselves, they're yelling to other people. And you don't understand it. They're like, oh, why are they acting like that? Because they are in that mental um, level that they don't know what they're doing. They lost it. Like they lost their parents. They lost their family. They lost everything they had and they don't know what to do. They're desperate. So I talk to them. Uh, but you have to be very careful the way you talk to them uh, because they're not, they're, they don't have a good mental health. And that's for sure something that you have to know. But I talk to them. I, I, I donate to different nonprofits as well. Um, I donate to the One Pulse Foundation, to different nonprofits that I support. 
Um, but yeah, I do talk to them. I, I sometimes I cry with them. Um, because yeah, because I, I went through that and and I'm really grateful that I that I left that world. It's really hard to leave that, but yeah. Good for you. I was just driving through the a part of town in Washington, DC today, and I was just thinking, like, and watching the people at the bus stop, I'm like, how how do you escape that? Like how hard it must be. It's it's not an easy thing. I mean, I was blessed to have a father who was in the army and was able to give me like the military values and I went into the military. And so I've, I've stayed, you know, out of that, but at the same time, like I, man, I know some people. But I, I, I think everything it's on your mind. That's what I learned that even if you don't, you don't have money, if you don't have family, if you don't have food, it's on your mind. Like I have, I was able to, to have the whole day, like 24 hours, hours without eating at all because I, I didn't have money and it was with my mind like a lot of people will not be able to do that because they're used to get three meals every day but if you start talking with your mind that this is not the right time you're not able to make it happen it happens you're able to be just one day without eating if you try it just if you want to try it, it it happens because you talk to your mind is a power of your mind um, and I think the only way that you can escape from being homeless, it's with your mind, being passionate, dedicated about what you want to do. And I always frame that uh, conflict in my life as a temporary part of my life. I never said to myself, I'm going to be homeless my entire life. Never. I know and I knew that was going to be temporary and that there was going to be a way to leave and escape that world. And yeah. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry, but be able to meet you. So I'm grateful that you and Jen met on the show, which has finally premiered. Yes, and we'll put links in it for the H2H and Roku. We're on Roku now, and we're working on Amazon. So hopefully it'll be proliferated. I have, I personally have not seen the show because I'm waiting for it to go on Amazon. I'm, <laughs> I'm like waiting for Amazon. <laughs> I'm not, deliberately not telling you anything about it because I'm not going to be the one that. <laughs> Do you well, watch it, Terry? I watched the first episode. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, any, any thoughts? I, I had absolutely no idea what to expect because I just knew what I saw because everything on social media was always changing and then going away and then coming out. I'm like, I have no idea what this go is going to be. Neither did we. That's why we're filming it. <laughs> and I, I think all of you that were on the show, but I look at it and I can't believe that was filmed in four days. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 think I look at it and I'm thinking, so this was over a year? This was maybe six months, but when you watch it, you're just like, wow. So I had no idea what to expect. So I went in with like, okay, let's, let's see. And I mean, I, I, and I think there's a magic of the show, like that you don't know what's going on. Uh, because if you know what's going on, then why are you watching it? Right. Um, and also, I mean, when you're saving the world, it's really unexpected. You don't know what's going to happen. So. Yeah. I just love that it was all great human beings that were all like us, you know, just, we really just want to make a difference. We want to impact. We want to make, we want to make a change. We want to sh share our mindset. Like you talked, you just talked about it, like, oh, it brings tears to my eyes. Like it just is all of us humans that know we weren't given the best cards in life, but we are, we have what we have and we want to share it. Yes. We had the same goal. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all know your worth and you're going to share it and you're going to yeah. do things. No, it was, it's great. It was great to watch it. You know how sometimes you watch shows and you kind of like halfway through it, you're like, okay, can I fast forward to the end and see what happens? It didn't happen. <laughs> good. Good. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> I right. love to hear that. Think about it because you haven't seen it. Four yeah, days in the world on H2H and Roku. Look it up. Hopefully on Amazon and Apple TV soon. Yes. Yeah. At least if you were able to watch it in its entirety on all the way to the end, that means that we did a great job, Jen. <laughs> oh my goodness. The, the, the following episodes are going to be even better. Like, can't wait. I'm on episode, I'm on third. I don't know if that means I'm on the third episode or for the third topic. But yeah. Some of the episodes are going to two. So like next one's going to be education part two, but. I don't know where I am. Like. I just go with the flow. So <laughs> I know. I know. I'm looking forward to seeing more. So this is great. It's great to meet you. Jen, thank you so much for introducing me to this wonderful person. Yes. Yeah, likewise. It was such a pleasure to be here today. Yes. We're part of the family now, Malu Project. We're changing the Malu. Yes. We're changing the world. Yeah. And there's part of the reason why we have it as a plural. There's not just one Malu that we're trying to change. So